0: Welcome to the Everything Coworking Podcast, where you learn what you need to know about how the world wants to work. And now your host, coworking space owner and trend expert, Jamie Russo.
1: Welcome to the Everything Coworking Podcast. This is your host, Jamie Russo. Thank you for joining us. My guest today, Phil Kirchner, you might have seen him on LinkedIn if you're out and about on LinkedIn. He posts a lot. I think he might be most active on Twitter, which I find to be totally overwhelming, he has a really interesting journey through the world of caring about where and how we work. He started out kind of in IT and then ended up in as head of workplace strategy at Credit Suisse, switched over to Jones Lang LaSalle into workplace strategy consulting, ended up at WeWork for almost three years as a VP of enterprise experience and workplace strategy and is now at McKinsey in their real estate people and organizational change group, so he not only has this really cool sort of evolution through the world of work, but he also really likes co-working. So he could talk about a lot of things and we'll have to have him back on again. But in this particular episode, we dive into an experience he had trying to use a local co-working space. He's in Manhattan, trying to use it to take a call. He had a meeting at a coffee shop nearby and was trying to you know figure out how do I be on time for this meeting, and get my call taken care of. Well, the call was bright and early in the morning, 8 or 8.30. He shares the details. So you're probably jumping ahead. There's probably a spoiler alert happening around some of the challenges he faced trying to get into a co-working space early in the morning without being a member. And it just prompted him to think, okay, what are some of the operational processes that operators need to think about in order to play a meaningful role in this on-demand workspace movement. So we chat about that today. And Phil, you know, talks about what he's up to and what he's seeing in the industry. So I think you're really going to enjoy this episode. Welcome. I am here today with Phil Kirshner. He is senior expert with McKinsey's real estate and organizational transformation practices. Phil, that is a mouthful. (laughs) So we'll get you longer all the time. (laughs) Totally. We'll get you to tell us in, you know, real normal people words what exactly it is that you do. But you're you're joining us from Manhattan. And you have some good stories to share with us today. So so. welcome. Thank Thank you for doing that. And while I was, you know, scrolling through your Twitter feed and doing a little like pre-interview research, I noticed that you said you were six foot five in real life. Is that true? True. Real life. (laughs) You, people oh, totally. have noticed now that, that you stand back, I can tell Yeah, yeah. Like, people oh, have noticed that with
0: my, my standing desk after you know months <laughs> of talking to me just in a box. And I had more than one client go like, oh, the, the top of that door is rather close to your head. And like, it's true. It is and, true. Yes. So we were just talking
1: about whether we had or had not, in fact, met in real life. And we think we've at least been in the same room
0: before. Yes. Yes. It The, work the tech before events. times.
1: Yeah. Ex- yes, the before times. Exactly. So okay, let's. We're going to talk, we'll give a little preview of what we're talking, we're going to talk about today, because then I want to back up and sort of talk about how did did you get to where you are today, because I suspect there are some interesting kind of twists and turns there, but you shared on Twitter a story which Hector Colonis wrote a little blog post about. About an experience you had trying to use an on-demand workspace, and we'll do a spoiler alert. alert. you set the alarm off. So yeah, total we're, fail. We're going to zoom out and talk about, like, yeah, why does that matter? And your article that you wrote about it, or maybe you wrote it a year ago about remote teams functioning inside of co-working spaces and what maybe an operator thinks the dynamics are and what are is actually kind of happening potentially among that yeah. team. Which is super interesting, and I think relevant to my audience because we spend a lot of time talking about how to attract those folks and like when are they coming and how do we you know how do we get there and so but then not really maybe even understanding the dynamics of what happens you know when they come and so I think this will be a really interesting conversation. So so. you started out in you were computer science major
0: at WashU computer science. Uh technologist by training went into information security first, was not doing anything even remotely close to real no, estate or
1: right. Your wait, your workplace. first job was my first real very job was information chem- security. Yeah. Yes, IT risk project manager. I was like yes, ooh. True. <laughs> okay. So how did you become a, a workspace, workplace yeah. people uh, nerd? <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I mean so I started at Credit Suisse, <laughs> so I got hired there out of out of college and um was doing information security, including but not limited to like, I was that guy on people's first day who was like, please don't share your password. That was me (laughs) for years. Um, Then I moved uh, through just like through a friend internally and a mentor into an expense efficiency group, uh, which was all the rage around like 2007, 2008. Um, you know, so sitting with colleagues, all looking at different kinds of things that the bank was spending the money on. Um, so there were real estate people like near me, uh, but I had nothing to do with that. I, I looked after consulting and, and other forms of like outsourced services. Uh, and the thing that was really common about both of those parts of my career is that it, it, it's like a lot of problem solving. I was running around from business to business to business, saying, "Hey, like, I either have a risk question or a cost question," but I'm not trying to be so doctrinaire as to just say, "Like, no." Help me understand like how you actually work, so that I can see all this in context and like make some recommendations, um, and like lead you up the mountain. There's a better way. It's either like less risky or more cost efficient, whatever that is. Um, and so that was about a decade into to my career. Uh, took was fortunate to be able to like live abroad for a year, and then I took a sabbatical. Um, came back after three months and was looking for like something new. And the head of the expense management group that I was in had basically just been handed this problem, um, uh, an opportunity to try to explore like new ways of working in the office. There was a a consulting firm uh, that doesn't exist anymore called DEGW that had uh, provided a report to the CFO saying, you know, uh, there's lots of things that are... are broken about your workplace like it's more empty than you think it is uh people have complaints about technology and facilities and um, this is a real problem because like surprise you're competing almost as much now with google as you are like with goldman sachs like half of your employee base and this is absolutely true uh, for any large financial services firm these days like half of them would would, like self-identify as a technologist so you're competing with two completely different kinds of people um and there's a lot of opportunity uh, and our recommendation, the consulting firm was like, you should try mobility, like have people share in the office, but in exchange for reducing the footprint and making it more efficient, you can plow some of those savings into making that environment that they're sharing better. And uh, the kind of key moment that I guess like sort of changed my career was like, you know, here's this big report and the logical thing to do at the time would have been to hand it to the head of corporate real estate and facilities like this is a space project, Um but frankly he didn't love the idea like he just was came from we do things desks and offices the old way uh so the head of the CFO gave it to the head of expense management who i think intuitively understood from other expense programs this isn't something you could just put in as a policy like send everyone send everyone home on friday and come back <laughs> on monday and be like congratulations we're sharing things now um <clears throat> you had to do the work from a change management yeah. perspective and investment in order to achieve what ultimately was like 20, 30, 40% capacity increases um, by taking away all this like inefficiency with people happier and and more likely to stay and all that. But like, yeah, if you didn't do the legwork, it wasn't gonna work. Um, And he scrapped together a little team of people to like build these pilots and test it out. And I was very fortunate that I think he saw I would spent a lot of time running around the the shared services organization like I knew the HR people and the ops people and the legal people and the technical people and was sort of trusted um Perfect and he candidate sent me, for a big Yeah, he, he sent project. me to one of these to <laughs> one of the early pilots and basically said look go go for a week and like hang out and understand this um read all the reports like go dig just go like read everything you can about what other companies are doing in this space and if you if you were like 150% into it and no less like you can have this job. Uh, and I was like complete, you know, completely <laughs> converted immediately. And uh, yeah, like um, of all the places we had pilots funded originally, which is in Zurich, Singapore and London, uh, the Americas was not one of those locations simply because the head of real estate was still there. Ah. And the assumption was, well, nothing's going to happen soon here because that guy doesn't like it. Um, so my first job was uh, really around like, because it was in a cost management group make it so that we don't have to call the consultants ever again to be able to measure how we're doing. Okay. So I got really deep into just like, how do people do workplace surveys and observation studies? And like, what's the science behind some of this stuff to help us build a case for change uh, and measure the results of the pilots that we were doing. So I kind of went research first and just like that started me on a huge reading towards like anything I get my hands on and anyone I could meet And I guess relative relative to this conversation, many of those people whose names I was like passed or bumped into or found in my network were either like other clients of that consulting firm, uh, forward-thinking designer types who were really in the workplace uh, or people in the coworking industry, frankly. Who who had like the intuitive sense that- Well, I think so. Yeah, Yeah, there's just better. weren't a lot of- there weren't a lot of people in boring corporates who had something to say about like the the dynamics of space with different kinds of people and sharing and community yeah. and experience. Like there just wasn't a lot of really good examples, uh, especially for people that wanted to talk about it. But anyone involved in coworking was like. Not only do I want to talk about it, like, please come to my house. I want to give you a tour. I want to talk all about this all the time. So mm-hmm. I met a bunch of people like you and know, like you in, in your circles um, and started reading the reports and the articles about the, nat- yeah, like li- what I think of now as little C co-working. Like the, let's it's better to work alone together. Right. Um, yeah. Ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that's kind of, that's sort of where I started. Yeah. Um, I can continue like on the journey uh, but you know we, so we did it fast forward four or something years after that we had a large global program 15 20,000 people in large shared environments in a couple different countries like demonstrably positive results not just from the spatial efficiency but higher engagement like better uh, retention people you know meeting and interacting with others right. more like happier everything better, like just like across the board. And like, there were still things we were working on, but um, we got it off the ground and was involved with the uh, large strategy project like in New York. And then once we got over that lease, I was like looking for something new to do. It'd been there 13 years, 14 years. Um and a long, long time for the first gig yeah, out of. <laughs> yeah, and and uh, I was fortunate that someone who was involved with that original consulting team that I'd say close with uh, hired me to JLL to so To switch sides and be a consultant and advise mm-hmm. to other corporates, how to yeah. do largely like workplace mobility, um, and because I was in New York, it was always like the boring companies, right? It's not the Googles and the Facebooks and the West Coast where the the, the workplace strategy was yeah. largely um, over amenitization, yeah. which is awesome and super experiential. Um, but they didn't have the same capital constraints as like a professional services firm or a bank saying like, yeah. I have to make this workplace feel better, but I can't like have my cake and eat it too. In order mm-hmm. to get that. Right. There's no we cake. We're cake. We're not eating cake. Yeah. Right. Right. Like it's, <laughs> yeah. it's it, it fully is a trade. You tell people, listen, like you, there are things about this environment you don't like. I can spend some money to fix those things, but you can't also have a giant private office that's empty all the time. Like that just, right. you can't, can you trade? Um, so did that for for two and a half, three years, um, developing strategies and like leading change programs. And coworking like is a big thread through all of this to me, not only because uh, 20, you know, 15, 16, 17, you started to hear more about coworking in an enterprise context um, then, like not only with the marketplaces uh, like a liquid space at the bigger yeah. players like Regis and WeWork. Um, and you know, people asking like, "What's the point about communities?" So, look, you can you can look at some of these corporate examples, but also you should look into coworking. Like this, there is something there that humans like. Like we like community, and oh, why do those spaces feel feel so good? Uh, is because they're run like a hospitality center, which your office isn't. That's the difference. It's pretty simple, and you can go walk into any co-working location, basically anywhere of any size. And like, you will get a sense of what I'm talking about. It's not black magic. Like, go see it for yourself. Yeah. Um, And really enjoyed my time there. Like, was loving it. Uh, and then, you know, my job was to sell consulting services. So clever me. <laughs> I, I went to go try to sell consulting services to WeWork uh, in 2017 and didn't realize I was being interviewed. So uh, they hired me. Uh, to help found uh, and grow their workplace strategy practice, which was basically a consulting function aimed at large corporates to help them understand, uh, translate like what they knew to help sell WeWork spaces and, and services. Um, but we spent most of our time actually in the development and the growth of the powered by we business. So that was like we go to you design, build, operations, and yep. community within a client site that actually allowed us to be a little bit more strategic um, because you're going to someone's, like, headquarters uh, instead of having them come to you. But, yeah, we did we did a lot of tours and translating. Um, the, you know, 30-year design and construction lead for a big company come, shows up with the arms crossed saying, you know, what are you uh, kombucha-chugging teenagers <laughs> going to tell me? <laughs> About workplace that I don't already know in my hundred-page design and construction guideline, and uh, we brought a lot of the the sort of the science of the space behind it, and, and a lot of exposing a lot of the detail that allowed we work to not only build as fast as it did, yeah, but how quickly we learned. We're like, yeah, I would say like you don't understand our portfolio changes so fast and furious, yeah. yeah, and any one of our locations is so much more diverse from a population perspective that when we study like the little petri dish. We're learning more about what's like uniquely human demand for workplace. And so by, you know, coming into our platform, like you're going to inherit all that, that work. We have all of these people, the ethnographers and the data scientists that you just don't have in your real estate organization. We know more than you, um, like coming in the water is nice basically. Uh, and largely worked like obviously with the explosive growth and, and success and, you know, ultimate unwind a little bit, but, um, it was compelling, and, and I think it's forever changed. You know, the, these groups' perception of the delivery space.
1: And from your perspective, to your point, the the unbelievable sort of growth trajectory that we work with on at that time was an incredible learning opportunity for people like you who are kind of right watching. And I think people will have their arguments about we work not being a tech company, but access to a lot of data right, and learning, and that that was a big part of, I, I would guess, what your group was doing and, and trying to figure out.
0: Yeah, I said a lot like, no, we may not be as much of a tech company as... Adam and others like would have you believe, yeah. but we are way more of a data company than yeah. you realize.
1: Yeah, yeah, Ex- yes. That was the um, sense I got from kind of right insider folks who would know people like you and say, "Yeah, what they're doing is pretty incredible internally." And in yeah, just that we had and- a reason
0: for everything. The the yeah. most I say it still like the most common question I got from anybody, executives coming in to tour WeWork's headquarters building, which is filled with WeWork employees and not a member building, was like. You know, it's it's like a 10 o'clock on a Tuesday. I can still see the elevator I walked out of. Like, I haven't even taken off my coat. Um, the door is right there. Why does it feel the way that it feels right now? Like, what is this feeling? And I think they were always really uncomfortable using that word to describe something about an office, but they're like, <laughs> I never used that word back in my place. What is going on? Um, and the fact that we had answers for a lot of those stories from like, you know, the culture of our employees themselves, yeah. like uh, you couldn't just take out all the WeWork employees and replace it with, with like banking employees and have it yeah. feel the same. Like there's something yeah. about the age, the energy, the dress code, all of that stuff. Um, but the community team and the music and the barista and being able to be like, that thing is there for exactly this reason. Or like if I take you a floor down, you'll see the older version of that was at a different place. And it's still there. We didn't pay to move it, but like we all see it. Like, nope, we never do that again. That was a terrible idea. Yeah. And we'll wear that mistake and be like, nope, th- this is so you get the new. Like um, yeah, just the fact that we had answers and stories, I think, was always so surprising. Um
1: and a huge advantage to be at an operator with that type of scale, because the you know the market's very fragmented and all the independent operators listening are like, yeah, mistakes are really hard for us to manage. We don't get a lot of opportunities to iterate.
0: So, right, yeah. Right, right. So it was, yeah, it was impressive. And um, so, you know, it didn't, it didn't end the way we all thought it was going to. Uh, so I left in the sort of spring of 2020 and spent a year consulting independently to occupiers on like the return strategy and what's the yeah. post-pandemic workplace. Um, and was fortunate enough at like early in that process to get introduced to now my colleagues, uh, McKinsey who had a, a sort of new and growing real estate practice that historically was, um, it was an industry vertical. So like, providing business strategy Mm. to Mm -hmm. people whose business just happened to be real estate. I either invest in space or I build space or operate space, I service space. Um, Just like we have healthcare teams that like advise hospitals or, you know, uh, public service teams that advise like state governments, right? Just, it was like strategy work for the real estate industry. Um, But along comes COVID and now all the questions are just as much about real estate as a function as it is about the real estate industry. Uh, so in trying to grow, you know, the capabilities around that, I was introduced to them and unfortunately started at the beginning of the summer, uh, and the intersection of the group that I sit with, um, is also, is, is a much more longstanding, uh, set of practices in McKinsey around like organizational transformation and change and leadership and, um, or design This kind of what I think is like bread and butter organizational performance advice. That's been around yep. for decades. Yeah. Um, my colleagues there who are unbelievably brilliant also, like never got space questions. Right, right. And how does the interplay of- yeah, right, yeah, yeah, so I sit sort of in that gray space between both um, the the kind of leadership and employee behaviors and the impact on the space decisions that we will make for our future sort of portfolio. So um, still very new, but so loving. So what's your position
1: on the question that I keep seeing pop up on the LinkedIn feeds? Uh, I see folks arguing like this is this is not really a remote work conversation. It's a who has the power of choice. Who gets to you know who gets to manage the choice of how the work gets done or the day is spent.
0: Yes, that's true. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, for, first and foremost, I think one of the first things I said at the beginning of COVID was like COVID has accelerated a trend I think we were already on. Yeah, It has not dramatically knocked us left or right of the path that we were already on. Um, and I remember, like, uh, I, I've been archiving workplace articles and reports for years now of like enormous um, database and went to the beginning of all this to sort of look for something pandemic related and was shocked, but like depressingly, to find something I had written. Uh, in 2015 to give to my boss at the time, like describing where I thought this future was going to go and, and like um, how (laughs) flexible workplace and greater uptake of remote work like would be an enabling function for future potential, like pandemic preparedness. And it's like, oh no! <laughs>
1: Wait, you 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 mentioned a pandemic yeah, uh, in your report? Yes, yes,
0: yes. And I wrote wow. about it. It's on LinkedIn. You can see. I like wow. put the verbatim document. Um, but it was selling the same, like choice and workplace yeah. flexibility and co working and uh, greater gig work and automation. Like those topics are still there. Like um, everyone has woken up and become a workplace strategist now, which is a little weird. Um, like, my nerdy thing that I think about is now everyone's dinner conversation. But um, I think employees have wanted largely more flexibility than they've had for a long time. And all COVID has really shown us is the house isn't going to fall apart when we have it.
1: Yeah, and I think it's given people this sense that they have the right to demand it.
0: Yes, the employees for sure have all the power right now. Um, that is materializing in a couple different ways. Like one of the the more significant pieces of research that um, the McKinsey's just put out uh, is actually about this like uh, the great like attraction or attrition problem that there is an enormous pent up um, demand and potential for people to leave, uh, especially where they're seeking you know, the feeling of feeling like heard and authentic and be themselves and aligned with mission while the employers are obsessing about the numbers. Um, But I I don't think working virtually or remotely most of the time is for everybody, but it's for enough people that now the world is your oyster. And if you're like, if you're good and whatever you want, your employer isn't going to provide uh, or isn't sure yet, those opportunities are all over the place. Um, So the power is really in the, in the, the hands of the... Of the talent, and especially like yeah, if you're really good at the thing that you do, and if the thing that you do is uh, virtually ready, yeah, and there are a great many tasks that do not have to be yeah. in person most of the time. Um, the employers who lean into that stand to gain a tremendous amount, not just uh, by widening the net for their talent attraction, but also um, those populations tend to be more diverse, more attracted to women, people of color, right. Um, like everybody wins a little bit.
1: Yep. If of, you want
0: to embrace it. Yeah. Right. Hey, I just wanted to jump in really quickly
1: before we continue with our discussion. If you're working on opening a co-working space, I want to invite you to join me for my free masterclass, 3 behind the scenes secrets to opening a co-working space. If you're working on opening a co-working space, I want to share the 3 decisions that I've seen successful operators make when they're creating their coworking business. The masterclass is totally free. It's about an hour and includes some Q&A. If you'd like to join me, you can register at everythingcoworking.com forward slash masterclass. If you already have a coworking space, I wanna make sure you know about Community Manager University. Community Manager University is a training and development platform for community managers, and it can be for owner operators. It has content training, resources, templates from day one to general manager. The platform includes many courses that cover the major buckets of the community manager role from community management, operations, sales and marketing, finance, and leadership. The content is laid out in a graduated learning path so the community manager can identify what content is most relevant to them depending on their experience and kind of jump in from there. We provide a live brand new training every single month for the community manager group. We also host a live Q&A call every single month so that the community managers can work through any challenges that they're having or opportunities, um, get ideas from other community managers, build their own peer network. We also have a private Slack group for the group. So if you're interested in learning more, you can go to everythingcoworking.com forward slash community manager. So, um, I don't know if this is a good example, but PwC just, uh, announced, you know, right. Everybody can be virtual and I get anxious. I haven't read a lot out of articles that have much detail in there. Um, you said, you just said, you know, working remotely all the time is not for most people. And I like could not agree with that more. (laughs) Anybody who listens to the podcast, you, you know, my husband's down the hall, like I see him all the time now all the time and i'm start, i feel like claustrophobic in my house i need to leave the house so i joined a yeah. co-working space last week and i've been leaving the house when i can um but so the co-working operators listening are like 44,000 people who you know <laughs> might yeah. come through our doors so tell us your you know the the quick uh you know twitter story you work in manhattan sometimes you I work do. from home sometimes you go meet clients sometimes you go, you know, do a workspace and, um, you're pretty savvy about how to leverage. I'm the mo- You would think I'm the most savvy in this case. Yes. Yeah, so, you right, might in, be the most savvy
0: in, uh, in my home city, um, needed to take a call before an in-person meeting and, you know, made that realization relatively late at night, like 10 o'clock the night before, um, have access to multiple aggregators, um, just because i I always look to try. Like this is not anything that has to do with McKinsey. Like as my employer, like this is a predates McKinsey. I just have these tools, and I don't mind uh, using either credits I had or paying like for these one off. So I was like, yeah. okay, great. Um, part of town that like you know my uh, like I knew intellectually. There weren't like we work so any of the larger operators. I'm like, okay, I, I need to use an aggregator to find a smaller site that I'm not gonna know. Fine. Um, use the aggregator. Like found a site that was like, two blocks from where I needed to be, uh, opening early, like eight, eight or eight thirty. I don't remember, it was, like early enough in the morning. Um, and I was like, great, I can book in for an hour, like before I go. Got a confirmation email. Um, with details in it more than i would have thought actually like a very thoughtful information like sometimes about- we fall
1: apart right there exactly yeah. like i yeah, can yeah, yeah, i can't, yeah. I can't um, even get to the front door It's you know right. yep. you know and there was, there was exactly that, yeah. that information
0: <laughs> about um details about the building entry that i was not expecting yeah and not just like how to find the building but just like if you can't get in the front door here's how and it was right there in the email. emails like, amazing so I showed up the building like five minutes in advance, couldn't get in the front door. It was like, ah, I have the email. I know, <laughs> figured it out, walked right in, no problems. Um, went and found the door for the you know the logo, the, the site, and it couldn't see through. It was another glass door, it was an opaque door. So I was like, okay, I'm just gonna try to go in. And I knew I was like two minutes early, but like I wanna get set somewhere for my call. Uh, and I opened the door and the alarm went off immediately. Um, and I'm like, oh, no. Uh, so then I went all the way in, realized, like, the lights are off. Nobody is there. No um, one. I see the, you know, the security panel there. we like, what am I going to do right, right. Um, <laughs> Guess the code. And, yeah. yeah, guess. And I'm like, I have two minutes until this phone call. Uh, so I left. And, like, there was no, there was nothing, nothing to see here. Nothing, yeah. nothing to see here. <laughs> thinking, like, I hope the cops don't show. I have no idea. Uh, so I left and took my call, like, from a stoop. Like a good New Yorker. Mm-hmm. Um and it was fine. But uh then I went and like tweeted about this experience, thinking like the it is irrelevant to who the aggregator is and yeah. it's irrelevant who the yeah. site is. Yeah. Um, and saying, like, I am the best possible person who knew how to work this system. And something went wrong. Where sure enough, like I did report, I told the aggregator who checked in with the operator and found out the like exact logical thing that happened, which was the person who was supposed to have been there got stuck in a subway, like underground right <laughs> and you know and i did book the night before to be there at exactly opening moment yeah. um which is not common maybe but like all those circumstances put together led to a problem and there's nothing i could do in the moment and my thought in addition to just getting on the call was like gosh you know like <laughs> heaven forbid this happens to someone at a big company like a PwC or anyone else who has newfound freedom and may be told by their employer, Hey, we've partnered with aggregator, A, B, and C. You can like download it on your phone. We've bought unlimited credits. Like it's all super seamless. Just go, you know, find the dot on the map that you want and just like book in. And there are still a gazillion things that could go wrong. Yeah. That are outside of the control of that company's like facilities team. Uh, and, and my, my, point of Twitter was just like, whose fault is it? And the, from the employee's perspective, they literally don't care. Don't care, don't know, shouldn't have to care. Yep. But they feel like I've been wronged in some way. The world wronged me right now. And and I'm forbid it's someone who's like influential because you never know with a big company right. like that, it, that the one person it happens to happens to be like dinner buddies with the head of something. And they just go. Ugh, I tried this whole application. The whole thing failed. Remote work failed, and then everybody right. gets called back to the office. Right, the dominoes I was fall. Say, right, even if it
1: happens, you know, to two people, and both of them tell their manager, and then the manager tells HR, like, forget it. We're on. Yeah, this this doesn't work. Nobody can get anything done. You know, no, or yeah, whatever. Right. It Just right. snowballs,
0: and people start throwing yeah. things at the wall. That, um, and I was like, oh no. Yeah. Uh, this could happen. And and that's like the challenge of being out in the real world where you don't control everything from doors and spills and alarms. Yeah.
1: And but it's like the workflow piece of, you know, again, all the operators and even, you know, more sophisticated, advanced operators who may be used to these scenarios, right? Thinking through the the workflow and right, maybe you don't allow, you know, non-members access at 830 right when you open up maybe you block that on the aggregate. yeah the first times is, or yeah. the change
0: management yeah. around it of just like you know you are entering yeah. a system where there's a little bit of unpredictability and how do you get employees of a very formal like culture yes. to say listen like you're you are floating a little bit in scrappy land like right. even if the place is class a building class yep. A operator right like you're floating a little between a bunch of people who are stitching together an experience for yeah. you uh where I think it's it's not too dissimilar than like business travel in a way, but all, it is so common that like, we all know how to navigate that. Yeah. We know- Our expectations are pretty aligned with how that's gonna Yes, go. with how the yeah. reality, you know, planes being delayed yeah. or a hotel room trying to check in early. There's just like, you know, you kind of know how to work that system. This is a new system for people. Yeah. So it needs a lot of handholding at the beginning. Yeah.
1: Well, so, I mean, even kind of on a deeper level, uh, your article that I think you said you wrote a year ago- oh, yeah. Was I thought even more insightful about okay, even if you can get everybody signed up and you've got every way with the credits and just the way, and I I want I'm curious how you think this will go, because I do think for many operators, understanding how the co-working decision gets made at a real you know, at a corporate level is is new. Although I wonder if that's shifting to your point, if it's shifting more to the individual. So you made the point in the article that, like, look the real the corporate real estate team, you know, or with HR or whatever sort of picks the, you know, the operators that are, you know, they're going to use and they they make, sort of make the decisions, right? So it didn't used to be and I wonder if this is happening more that you would say, okay, you all get credits, just google and find the place near you and do your own like consumer research and pick something. Right, it used to be like there's some group that says, "Okay, we have a master service agreement with so and so, and that's where you go." And so you figure it out. So the real estate group is doing the shopping, and they're not on Google My Business, right? Right, right. There's right, 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 right. some sales team who's you know getting in front of them, or they're um, a JLL consultant is helping them, you know, navigate, <laughs> however it may be. But it, it's not sort of done from a consumer perspective which can cause the challenges that you talked about in your article. So I'd love for you to kind of outline that scenario. And is that, do you think that's gonna shift because the choice is being more consumerized or will we still struggle a little bit with not having Yeah, I think it's like, it's two
0: paths. It's two paths (laughs) that have like collided, right? So in one path, um, corporates have been using Flex space, co-working, serviced offices, like increasingly over the years, uh, for sure, for little requirements that yeah. like, oh, I have to have 10 people in Columbus, Ohio, for some legal reason. I go to Regis, I go to some small place, like that's ah, fine. But they've all, you know, they all sit there in their own seats There's something complicated about it. Like it's just a tiny office. They understand, like, we're not going to lease space for this little yeah. thing and it's fine. Um, and the experience was, meh. you know, it was like. It's fine. Literally, it's a serviced office. It's not co working. WeWork comes along, you know, industrious comes along, bigger players reach to like in spaces who now can meet larger requirements. So, yeah, I can house 50 people or 100 people and um, have a nice little sprinkling of of experience on top of it. Like, you can have your private space and everyone could sit in a desk and we'll negotiate about how dense it is or not. Um, but fundamentally, saying we can we can house bigger groups of people now, um, which is very difficult for like a little operator to do, yep. um, and they'll sell on experience to say, you know, I remember like IBM, sort of famously a couple of years ago took down a whole building from WeWork uh, in New York, and I remember being on a panel with one of the real estate leads at the time, or like an event, and someone said, hey, you know, why did why did you move? Like, why did you take a whole building with WeWork? Uh, and he his first response was. We had to put a lot of people somewhere on short notice and he goes in new york that's very difficult to do and then like you know the mic got passed and he was like wait hold on (laughs) he was like wait i didn't quite complete that thought he goes no it's easy to find a lot of uh, space for a lot of people in new york city on short notice there's like no shortage of surplus or like sublet space around even in the before times right like that wasn't hard Problem was, it goes, we, IBM, like big employer, in our offices, it's quite nice. We think Mm, quite a lot about like experience. I could not take people who had formerly been at a relatively high experience office and drop them in someone else's crummy sublet. So if you rephrase that to say, where can I put a lot of people relatively quickly where the experience is sufficiently high enough that those people do not equitable. Yes. Yeah. That they think, ooh, coffee, tea, water, community, they were like, oh. Does it look and feel and smell like exactly every other IBM office? No, but like this is quite nice, which is all mm-hmm. that you need. It's like that made a difference at the time. Um, but still, traditional occupancy. My desk, my office. Yeah. No crazy mobility stuff. So that's like kind of path one is happening. Path two was the more progressive providers that were toying with mobility and sharing and over-subscription and hoteling and hot-desking, whatever you want to call it, in their own turf. The Credit Suisse's, a lot of banks, a lot of pharmaceutical and life sciences companies. Um, Again, largely not the big tech companies, Um, but they were doing this and slowly starting to come to WeWork with this question of like, oh, well, I'm doing like sharing here and experience is really important. And you guys still have a really experiential workplace. Can I bring my sharing program pre COVID to your turf? And that realization of like some clients starting to come along saying, I, I want to make you, the flex provider, part of my weirdo sharing program that I'm doing internally. Right. <laughs> um, can you be part of my program? Um, and like that colliding with a statement that I heard someone make in WeWorks leadership at the time of like, oh, If you design, like when we design beautiful space, they made this huge leap to the experience will be amazing. And I immediately went like scribbled (laughs) and you showed the article right on this thing on the (laughs) the whiteboard, which I later took a picture of and wrote an article about after I left of like, no, no. um, We designed a space and then someone in one of these companies makes the decision about in theory, how it's supposed to be occupied they decide who gets desk, who gets an office, who shares, who doesn't. We don't write those rules, they write the rules. We may not even know what the rules are. So then the rules get set. Then there's like how the users choose to follow the rules or not. Uh, and the bane of anyone's, you know, who's ever run a mobility program like within a large enterprise in their space is the difference between what they say, here's how you're yeah. supposed to behave and how people actually behave. Same thing for coworking, right? You have house rules. Please don't, you know, be nice. Don't lick your neighbor. Like, don't cook things in the open. <laughs> you can't. Right. You, you say don't, don't take conference calls. Don't take conference call headphones on. Headphones. on. Yeah. yeah. So then, so you say, please behave this way. Then the 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 members or employees or ever act in a certain way, and the way that the people act then influence how the space is utilized so now you've shifted from instead of looking at the person you're looking like at the seat you're like okay if the if the prevailing behavior in this neighborhood is thus this seat or this seat does or doesn't get used or is getting used too much or too little and the way it feels in the space the ultimate experience is really the result of that is it busy is it not can i find the things that i want or can't i Does it work or does it not work? Uh, And that's like two or three big leaps from how it was originally designed. So my the the problem that I saw happening was company comes along, takes like a nice 20 person office, you know, maybe gets a few more extra keys or whatever, but then we as the operator have no control over what they would then tell the people who were like told go show up there. They might be oversubscribed, they might not. The, the rules of the road that they might have been told might be different than the prevailing house rules or they might misunderstand. Can I sit in community space or not? Like if there's any mistran- like translation problem anywhere and that person shows up and something goes wrong, they would then do what we're trained to do in like any other hospitality context, which is like, go see the host. So like march off to the <laughs> community desk and say, this sucks. Something sucks. Too busy, too loud, too something. There's too many, too quiet, too, whatever. Too hot, too cold, too yes. It's too hot, too cold. It's now your <laughs> right. problem. Joe's in my seat. <laughs> Joe's in my seat. And and then that poor, you know, community manager, by and large, especially if it's an enterprise. And and I, I don't know, you know, how it works necessarily like with a smaller shop, but if they got so far as to be like, oh, you're from IBM or like some other large corporation, they they might even find out in the little CRM, like, I'm not, not, I'm not supposed to talk to you, but like, right. you're asking me a contractual question about, oh, can I spend money on this or can I grow or shrink or do? I'll be like, I'm not your enterprise salesperson. So, so I'm also limited a little bit in what I'm allowed to do. And I also had no idea what you've been told before you walked in the door here. Um, and to your point, just forgetting the sharing and everything else for that person, it was not a consumer decision to be there. Yeah. That was right, a you real estate person like, half yeah. a work away, half a world yeah. away, who decided, I'm going to close down my office. I'm going to move everybody into Regis or something. Uh, and that person might show up on day one just grumpy because they used to be uptown and now they're downtown. Like that, that pre, you know, the poor community manager, nothing to do with that decision, but this person walks in grumpy and now it's their problem but they're like, I cannot influence your corporate occupancy decision. So there's like, that was the problem I was describing, but where all this has come together now is because of COVID, um, real estate teams are more likely to look to flexible pools of occupancy to solve the fact that they don't know what the future holds. So I think there's yeah. there's a demand the, increase the kick, now for The space. kicking the can uh. yeah kick the can so <laughs> yeah. so like and you know there's more spaces and they're are experiential and amazing and uh so they're looking to flex operators to help like solve a temporary problem. And because they're now like oh not everyone's going to be around all the time the word's like hoteling and sharing are coming up a lot more so saying oh yeah 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 I will just my office in Chicago will be some co-working space in Chicago, and I'm going to put 20 people in 10 seats. And it may be from a company that was never exploring that kind of sharing stuff before. Yeah, The ones who were have an intuition about the change requirements and how you think about utilization. They're a little bit more prepared, but um, I think a lot of companies are going to both be running to flex yeah. and running to sharing at the same time. And that is going to exacerbate this problem. And, and maybe the last thing I'll say um, what I am hopeful for in this future is where where will the the large corporates like let the leash out a little bit and yeah. give the power to the teams? Yeah. Where if a team is told, "Hey, I'm like the marketing team in Chicago," uh, and we actually had an example of this um, at work at a financial services company, where it was I think actually the marketing, some kind of creative team, was actively trying to like leave the headquarters. They're like this isn't for us. That's not,
1: right. that's not how just, we roll. That's because not how something... we roll. And like <laughs> yeah. we don't
0: talk to anyone else in this building. Really, we're not that big. We can we try to attract a different kind of person, different kind of equipment, all this stuff. Like yeah. we kind of just want to go, and and sort of put down an Amex somewhere, and just book a book a space. Yeah. And if they did that, they then become like most normal sort of co working members of where the decision maker, the CEO, someone high up yeah. in that like small company was on the tour walked around, met the community manager, made the decision about the location, the amenity, the space, everything. They made all the decisions. So not only do they know if there was a decision that in the end like turned out not to be so great, they're like, I made this decision. So that's on me. Um, but like they were part of it. even just meeting the community team. Like we're in it. Someone who gets dropped there is very different. So yeah. the answer hopefully is allowing the, the team to make decisions. Because right now we're all working on our own. And the company's used to planning everything centrally. And somewhere in the middle is the answer. Um give people the aggregators, give people a little bit of like currency to spend and say, so, look, it's not nearly as much as we used to. Um, but to come full circle to the alarm thing, it has to be, it has to be coded with still an enormous amount of like change management leadership to say, like, we're gonna give you huge autonomy on space that you never had before. But with that responsibility comes a little bit of a bunch of footnotes, like. You know, you're, you're now going to take on a risk that our facilities people used to shield you from. We over-service, right. we promise. Right. Right, you never had to deal with it. That doesn't mean that you weren't too hot, too cold. Yeah. And the things weren't like, couldn't be better. But you're now going to be taking on a lot more of the primary risk of the experience. And we're not, we will help you when we can help you, but we're not going to be there in the moment. And are you okay with that?
1: Right. It's like IT support, right? We can log in remotely, but we can't come... Like, yeah I can't I'm come sure running more size <laughs> exactly. yeah and
0: like you yeah. want the flexibility we want to give you the flexibility but and the jury out, jury is like super out on that whether people are gonna push the power down to the teams and let yeah. them make those decisions uh, and it's really hard to do now because the the companies that need to do that still have the big office
1: yeah
0: it's very hard for them to swallow i will give you yeah, extra yeah. money exactly right to explore yep. co-working right. while i still have a big tower over here if the tower just poof, like went away, they might be like, oh, yeah, I can slide you a couple hundred bucks a month because I used to pay a couple thousand bucks over there. Um, so we're in the middle ground. It's a tricky New time. New companies right. Don't right. Ha- aren't like encumbered yeah. by that, but the, the big companies are, and we will struggle with it for a few years, I think.
1: Yeah. So in the meantime, I mean, so PwC just sends 44,000 people home. Although I guess to your point, they're not doing that immediately either. They
0: okay.
1: still have real estate. It'll be a slow they actually said specifically they're not going to change
0: their real estate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and maybe it's not as bad for a professional services firm because they're the so times. Uh, well, yeah, they never out, they never had enough yeah, yeah, they they're so out and about, which is to say yeah. that they never had one seat per person anyway. No. in fact, right. they were like Accenture. Massively Accenture started hoteling,
1: right? Accenture, deploy yeah. PWC McKinsey, yeah.
0: same thing. We, yeah. you know, our normal the clusters of energy are usually with the clients. Yeah. So we do not have room if they were to all come running back to the mothership and say, we want to all set up shop here. No professional services from accounting, but like none of us have the room in our main offices to support that, Yeah. period. So we all have the same problem now of like, is it remote? Is it just do, do some clients want us back? Which clients want us back? How often do we do flex? Do we not? Um, whereas a normal company... Where everyone was in the office four or five days a week, as opposed to out of the office four or five days a the week. They're the ones who are really like, I had a seat for everyone and they're yeah. empty. Right. What do I do now? <laughs> exactly. Um,
1: yep. Who gets the power? How do you write? Yeah. Who gets yeah. The, yeah. Exactly. The credit card. Who? So, okay. Well, so, I mean, what, what's an action item? You know, if you're, if you're an operator and we are, I think we are seeing a trend of more operators learning to scale, to accommodate, I think, or, you know, will start to be able to take on those larger requirements. Um, Yeah. What do they think about? Is there a way to be a part of that change management? Is there a role that needs to exist that's. Right. Not the sales manager, not the community manager, but the, you know, relation. I don't, yeah. What is there a.
0: Is yeah. There a that, I mean, I, I think step one is just. Is awareness. And so we used to do this with the community teams. We uh, WeWork, who We found out like, Hey, you know, in incoming, here comes a company that like, you don't know this, but you know, they, there are governing principles around their workplace right. program. Just that, like, keep in mind like not only did, did this group of people probably get put here by someone they didn't make the decision themselves. And hopefully they like the decision right? Like optimistically they like it, but just they didn't make it. and you have to realize, especially if you know community managers, uh, a lot of them around we work like we're young. Like, had never really been yeah. in the work world that they long. They have not navigated the corporate Or came from like yeah. a little startup. I mean, like, you just have to, as long as you say, just like, this person who's walking in is subject to governing principles and policies and things they might have been told that might influence what they think is supposed to be happening here. And if you just lead with that, like, assume that they may be operating under different rules and that you are going to have to help them find like the middle ground uh, and really amp up the hospitality about that, like that understanding Um, what that, just that knowledge is, is the game perspective. Right. And then we we would try to do some basic training around sort of workplace change management. And it's a little bit of hospitality, but just like in the show me, you know, me hospitality sense, we're like, just, just realize that this person's being governed by something. Always keep that in mind when you were trying to check the reaction. Uh and that, you know, they may be told like, no, you cannot use the co-working sites like issue resolution or whatever app. Like they submit something through their help desk, which gets backdoored <laughs> all the way around. Okay. And that, that may be unavoidable. <laughs> Uh, which means you may not hear about issues that fast yeah. or you're going to have to deal with like help desk who's calling and be like who are you you know i can <laughs> there's so many ways it could go yeah. um, and it's going to take a long time for the enterprises to like trust your process to say oh yeah. i'm just going to like take everything wholesale i want the app i want it all um, th- yeah just like know that about that person and try to understand it as quickly as you can mm-hmm. and, and let them understand your position relative to that system. Yeah. So listen, if you help me understand. Right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. We're in this together.
1: I want right. you to we're be in happy. It right. We're in it together. We're in it together because the, yeah, the
0: perfect situation in these cases is where, um, was it, Z- I think it was like Zappos originally, they, they were sort of famous for the amount of autonomy that their support, Folks had yeah yeah to like, yeah solve it solve in the moment the right? so, yeah solve yeah. it now you can spend you you know the person on the customer support you can spend x hundreds of dollars like unchecked yeah mm-hmm. then come back to us later and listen like we'll learn from whatever happened we'll try to fix the root issue but like solve for the customer right now and you know do these do the arrangements themselves have to have to be changed a little bit to say to the company like we're going to empower our community people to solve problems yeah. for your employees in the moment, which might incur cost, which could be like, I book you into an empty space for a day. Right. There's overflow. I'm not going to worry about why there's overflow right now. Maybe a bunch of interns showed up. No right. idea. Right. It's like, right. I'm, I'm going right to exactly. make you all happy right now. I'm going to make you all happy right now and then work it out after. Um, and what, who pays or doesn't, you know, just mm-hmm. like, do you have to push back upstream to be like, I can be your hospitality engine. I can think of this. Ex- what is the experience that you want this to be? And if you want it to be more white glove, I have to have some autonomy to do yeah. things. Cause yeah. sure as hell, the facilities person in that person's like main headquarters, when they see a visibly upset like senior person, right. they're just gonna solve it. Yeah. Um right. and worry about the ticket later. Mm-hmm. Like uh so it was a lot easier said than done, but that's just like if you're if you're outsourcing your experience of your employees to me, I have to know that you're doing that, like clearly understood, and have some autonomy to to fix things. Yeah. Yeah. I mean,
1: it's a little bit of a culture shift. I think, you know, the industrious and the WeWorks have
0: probably been doing
1: this from day one and others. Yes and no. I yeah. mean, they,
0: they're not scaled to do it. Like in it, we, we used to talk about like, does every building, if a, if a building has more than X percentage of like enterprise clients, so it's sort of the idea on the table wants to say, when, when do you have to change the gearing ratio of the staff mm-hmm. to add another body? whose job is care and feeding of the enterprise clients like um, and to just know that that's something you have to do when it crosses a certain threshold because we were certainly had buildings that would be like 100% large enterprises, but it might be like four different clients and they they need different Different. things. Different cultures, different expectations. Different culture. yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and just like, when, when do you have to gear up? And like, that might change the price. So you're being like, yeah, you want this to be a positive experience. So I have to have like an extra concierge sort of around yeah, to be butting their head into your business and making sure they understand these governing policies and who's important, who's like, yeah, oh, Mary in the corner over there, like quiet little Mary actually runs <laughs> like a 5,000 person organization. <laughs> and if she gets upset, one phone call, game over. right Right. like they won't know that unless they have time to spend and like really go get to know them um but it takes more bodies and that's hard to just have automatically so I think we were like we knew it Mm -hmm. but those ideas weren't you know is embraced just because they're like I can't how do I fund that right does the rest of the building have to pay for that do I charge just my enterprises Mm -hmm. more like Mm -hmm. how do you do that Mm -hmm. at scale yeah um
1: We're still working on the answers to that. Still huh? working on the answers. <laughs> yes, yeah.
0: but I'm excited to see. Yeah, um, but that's the big one. It's just under, Yeah, I think understanding the governance problem. So,
1: um, um, where do you? So, McKinsey clients that are struggling with flexibility, where do you tell them to start? I
0: mean, it's so early, like, uh, and I, I'm honestly learning. Like, I used to sort of sell real estate and workplace consultancy. Now, yeah. in truth, we're, we're selling. Uh, real estate and and organizational behavior and flexibility advice off the back of broader strategy. Yeah, Um, That's really the the power for McKinsey is what we're engaging on. Like, what are the moments that matter? The role of place in the pursuit of your business objectives. And and I do find myself saying a lot, just like to non-real estate people, the availability, the explosion and supply of space that could be consumed flexibly, either with intent for long-term strategy or even just to try something they don't think about that. That's like very new for them. So even just floating the idea out into the ether to say that, that crazy idea of, oh, could you co-locate two people or try a different kind of configuration of space? Like this is the first time in, in history, really, you can like, fail fast Yeah, a little bit. You could like take a flex space, you could rent furniture. When I say those two things, it just sounds like black magic. Mm, and, still Okay. So, yeah, yeah. Try something. And, and uh, hopefully, especially for the operator, you love it, you stay, it becomes yeah. a part of your strategy. But like no one has the right idea now. Everyone is going to get something wrong. So it's about like test and learn and measure, 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 and then understand like where, where are those, the moments, the, the collisions, the group that like really, really matter. Um, and then lean into them, like when you discover what they are. Uh, but A-B testing on space was like not, A-B testing or fail fast, those, those phrases would make a traditional facility manager right. kind of melt. Boo, yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, like it's possible you can do it now. Uh, so just trying to advocate for don't think that space is as static as it used to be.
1: So I'm curious about the measuring. I mean, you have experience in some pretty, um, uh, like just significant, you know, analytics around, you know, utilization. What would you recommend an operator that's going to serve, or potentially serve enterprise groups, what should they be prepared to sort of report, measure, observe and sort of make that a, a competency? are we are we there yet or do we need to get there?
0: Yeah, I think I mean the, the basics is you know, who walked in? did they show up for stuff? did things break? tickets, right Badge-ins, yep. attendance like okay, that's it. um we work we're certainly aiming at the idea of, you know, we've We've wired the box to the gills, sensors everywhere, right. or cameras, right. could, and, and and he
1: sat in that booth for two hours, and then he well, moved right not, not right. not even <laughs> the name, but you just say
0: like we because yeah, yeah, we yeah. control the whole environment, yep. we we have built an ecosystem that is very detailed in its ability to like report on what's going on, and you know for the for an extra cost of a dollar a month or whatever, like we will just expose all this information to you um, to know when someone says, oh, it's too crowded, that the answer isn't necessarily, oh, the box space that you took is too small. It's that the configuration of the things in your box is incorrect. If we were to take one, you know, take out a bank of this and replace it with a bank of that, that it's going to solve your utilization problem. We know that. And that that can be messaged to employees as a net positive. Um, And the challenge for any kind of utilization, like a traditional space, when when companies would say, oh, we're going to do like sensors or this and that, it's all going to be to deliver you a better workplace experience. Most employees are like, that's bull. You want to know how many of us are here, like, because you you cannot demonstrate to me that you're doing anything productive with that information um, that makes my experience better. But, but I was super surprised to find at Credit Suisse, like at one point we were doing really sophisticated uh, utilization reporting because uh, they had moved from laptops to terminals, which is sort of common in, in the high security world. Um, and we mapped all the terminals and the network addresses to the desks. So we could actually, could actually tell down to the name who was logging in where. And, you know, we never exposed the names and I didn't really, Care, frankly. Um, But we would go to like the group level and could tell like utilization by certain areas over the course of the day. I could tell like which users moved around during the day or didn't, not physically through the hallway, but like logged in there and then logged in here. Which desks had users from different departments that use them versus the ones that just sat and were like, this is mine. Um, And you know, you would have said like, oh, this is a massive invasion of privacy. But because the environment was shared and flexible, the employees knew they could come to us and say, hey, like yesterday, the dynamics in my little zone changed, like way more people. What happened? And because we had this data, you could like, you know, it was like an instant replay. You're like, all right, let's, I have no idea. I wasn't there. And I have no reason but to trust you, like not trust you. Let's look at the tape. And once we could see, oh, you know, this group or that group, someone moved or shifted or someone came to the floor that wasn't supposed to be there uh, or interns or whatever, just the fact that we're like, oh, there's a reason I can now address it, which is like, just tell someone, hey, go six feet that way or bank a desk or change this resume, whatever. Like They're like, cool, cool. I'm so glad you have this data because right. you're actively using it to make my experience as good as it possibly can with the understanding that like, we're not going to go back to not sharing like... Efficiency is a thing. It's going well. People are happy, but we're always looking for opportunities to fine tune. And I think the benefit in, in Flex space is that like you kind of have that. Um, because the nature of the agreement is not so long-term and static, and typically the furniture is not as bolted to the floor, yeah. like it's a bank. Yeah. If you could, you know, provide a lot of advanced analytics both to the the individual member and the decision maker to say the reason this is all there is because if you say, oh, it's too much, it's too little, it's this and that, like I do actually have the ability to mm. move things around or make changes at least let's say over the weekend. It's not as big a deal with the big, heavy, bolted to the floor mm-hmm. traditional environment. Yeah. you can't make a change. we like, I can change it. So I'm offering this data and you hopefully are okay knowing that the data is being gathered because if there's a problem... We can objectively react to it. It's not what you said, what I said. Um, so there's an opportunity there. And I understand it's expensive to make like a smart building. Yeah. But with whatever tricks to be able to say, I can really help you fine tune what's in your box or how big the box is, um, that can be really engaging because most of the employers have would struggle to do that on their own turf. Yep, 100%.
1: So I could talk to you all day long, but now I'm (laughs) noticing that (laughs) it is quitting time for you. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. So quitting time for for more calls, but.
1: So yeah, we'll have to do this again. I suspect you are learning and observing lots of interesting trends and insights in terms of, yeah, what are enterprise users thinking and what's happening? Yeah. And you also just have such a unique lens because you've done corporate, you've done consulting, you've done operator. So the, the pieces fit together
0: differently for you than than the average person. Yeah, so. and, and because I don't have a design degree, I'm not constantly mm, trying to pick like, the right? color of the couch. Uh, <laughs> like I, don't, I don't have that voice in the back of my head. Um, but no, I am fascinated by the collision between like the big enterprise and yeah. the availability of the little space, and that it doesn't always have to be the, the big name operator. Because it won't work in all cases. And if you give people the retail decision, I think yeah. a lot of them will actually seek the smaller, more specialized, localized yeah. spaces. Um, either sort of semi-permanently or, or for whatever use. Um, we like variety. You
1: know, and we like the human connection. I yeah, um, totally. worked a couple of times recently and toured uh, a global bl- brand whose name we will not uh, reference. And the uh, community manager, although I'm not going to use that term, she toured me and she asked me uh, two questions in our time together can I show you any other office size? And when would you like to start? I mean, I was like, are you a, a human <laughs> like, or a robot? Like I'm a person. And I thought, you know, I mean, even the enterprise, like, I just need to get out of my house. I need to make some zoom calls. I need to, you know, I don't need to network and I'm not trying to get business from you. I'm just, you know, are humans right who want experience and connection and you know someone to tell them like their shoes are cute. I mean, whatever it is, yes. right? I mean
0: yes. That will hundred percent get right? me to stay somewhere if you comment my shoes, my shoes. Yeah. Um, no, you're totally right. And like that's a training thing, and it's it's a cultural you-
1: thing, I think. Um, and I think I think in this case a cultural thing but i think the local operators will often win on that all day long
0: uh they should yeah, yeah. um so especially should, just being like yep. we, we like the people around here and um the the enterprises that were the most successful i think and we were, were the relatively smaller teams that had something yeah. to do with the decision yeah and had like a super open door policy be like we are here we love this space we may be higher from this space. We participate yeah. in events. And everyone's like, oh, those, like, we thought they are a bunch of, like, boring insurance bros, but actually, like, they're <laughs> awesome. They came to, like, pumpkin carving last week. They're so cool. Um, exactly. Yeah. And, then and they don't like, have to do, do that, right? Like, They don't yeah. have to do that, but, like, <laughs> they're yeah. here. And especially, yeah, the delivery would go on forever, but the, you know, virtual events of wanting to, like, keep people connected, like, it doesn't have to be necessarily your event. I will feel positive about my employer if I have access yeah. to stuff. It doesn't have mm-hmm. to be their stuff. Yeah. I'm okay with it being like my local co-working provider's pumpkin carving. <laughs> totally. Um, so we hope. I we love are. it. Yeah, Wait, this so, is fantastic.
1: So Phil, um, how often do you go into the office? Um, two-ish times a week.
0: No. Okay. Again, it's weird because because again, like normal times, Yeah. M- most of my colleagues are either not in New York or were super mobile before. So uh, it was never going to be the five day a week. Right. Um, uh, and I have little kids and still trying to like sort of navigate one and like drop them off. And, yeah. uh, it's very easy at going any day, um, big, beautiful office downtown. Yeah. Um, but yeah, two-ish at the moment. Yeah. Has your travel started to pick up? A little. Yeah. Almost again, the clients aren't there. Right. <laughs> and it's right, more, right, it's right, more right, for, right. it's more for events than it is for yeah. like client. Actual clients.
1: Yeah. Yeah we'll get there. Okay. Well, well thank there. you. We will. Okay. Thank you for it's Thursday. Happy hour time for you or pick up the kids or have dinner. Yeah.
0: I don't hear screams. So I don't think they're here.
1: Okay. <laughs> thank you for spending your time and sharing your perspective. Uh, thank we you. We greatly appreciate um,
0: it. Cool.
1: Absolutely. You. Well, we will connect again soon. <laughs> hey there. Thanks for sticking with us through the end of the episode. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast player. And if you are enjoying the podcast, please go leave us a review. It helps other folks find the podcast who are thinking about starting a co-working space or already operating a co-working space and are looking to stay up to speed on tips and trends. And we started a YouTube channel. We'd love to have you catch us on video. You can join us for podcast videos and Q&A videos and other things that we post to the channel. We'd love to see you there.